It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important stories. An early childhood taxing district. What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. And so they make deal, and they typically make deals with the big guys. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. I am Kim Munson, and we have a lot of things that we need to chat about today. Um, We're looking at these issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. We need to be having conversations about these things. Uh, There seems to be a real uh, romancing of socialism in our country. Socialism ultimately gets to the uh, haves and the have-nots, the elites and the bourgeois. And uh, we're going to be talking about this movie that's coming out uh, from NBC's Universal Pictures called The Hunt. And uh, then also we're going to go through some other headlines in the second segment as well. Thrilled on the third and fourth segment. Some of my colleagues from Liberty Toastmasters are going to be calling in. We do this thing called table topics, which basically it's two minutes. It's impromptu speaking, and it can be on any subject. Typically, subjects are given to us. But I would like to hear what they have to say about how table topics is helping them have uh, civil uh, conversations and debates with folks uh, in, in America today because it's important that we be able to get our brain around these ideas and uh, have conversations with uh, our friends and our neighbors and our family and our colleagues. And uh, so that's going to be a really, really excellent conversation there. Uh, before we get into it, Steve, somehow my joke disappeared on the outline. Did you get rid of that? Is that what happened? That would be subversive. I mean, and <laughs> do we do jokes on this show? We, every morning. Oh. Okay, so. Where have I been? Yeah, so anyway, we're not going to have our joke, but inspiration. I was thinking, who who is an inspirational individual? And you remember John Wooden, uh, the basketball coach for UCLA? He was one of the winningest coaches out there. And um, I thought uh, it would be good to go to him because uh, I, I can't remember, but they I think they won like seven titles in a row. I mean, it was pr- pretty amazing. And the first thing he says is, don't mistake activity for achievement. And uh, I think there's a lot of times people think just moving papers around is uh, actually achievement. It's just activity. And uh, every day we need to be out there searching for excellence, working to what we can achieve. That's the American idea. So don't mistake activity for achievement. That's John Wooden. That's good because I'm I'm glad you brought that out when you first said his name. The only thing I could think of was the guy in Indiana who threw, who used to throw chairs. Oh, Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thank you for making that distinction. <laughs> so, yes, and... Um, uh, and we're, I'm going to have a quote with uh, of John Wooden at the end of the show as well. But remember, socialism is force. It's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, or freedom via force, whether it's with a weapon, policy, or unpredictable and excessive taxation. And we continue to see this uh, movement towards uh, socializing our transportation, education, energy, housing, water, you, you name it. And uh, so we need to continue to understand that. Whenever we're talking about an issue, we look at it as freedom versus force. 
And uh, want to say thank you to you, Producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie, for your support, your good work. And thank you to all your listeners out there. You are valued, you are treasured, and you have a purpose. Uh, first thing, though, there is a, a very troubling movie that is coming out. Uh, NBC's Universal Pictures plans to release The Hunt. And there is a backlash at this particular point in time. This is from Fox News. It says, Universal's The Hunt satirizes uh, killing of deplorables. And it's been slammed online. It's uh, produced by the people behind the Purge franchise. Uh, it's called The Hunt, and it's being slammed on social media with many taking to Twitter and calling the film's premise beyond sick and disturbing. The film, which stars Betty Gilpin and Hilary Swank, sees wealthy thrill-seekers jet off to a private resort where they embark on a deeply rewarding expedition that culminates with hunting down and killing deplorables. NBC Universal still plans to release the controversial movie The Hunt as scheduled on September 27th, despite significant backlash over the film that depicts privileged vacationers hunting deplorables for sport. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, I think uh, we, we need to uh, take a quick look at this. Uh, Hollywood is the one that's been uh, talking about the, uh, the violence that is happening in America with all of these shootings uh, that's been going on. And here they're coming out with a movie where wealthy people, elites, are going to be hunting down, quote-unquote, deplorables. Your first question is, how is it that the elites have guns and weapons and the deplorables don't? I think that's the, one of the first questions out there. But I'd like to go to a soundbite where this whole thing started. This is Hillary, Hillary Clinton on the campaign trail. And we, I think we all remember this defining moment where the veil came off on what these elites really think about everyday hardworking people. So, Steve, if you'd play that, please. You know, to just be grossly generalistic, you could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. <laughs> right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that. And he has lifted them up. He has given voice to their websites that used to only have 11,000 people, now have 11 million. He tweets and retweets. They're offensive, hateful, mean-spirited rhetoric. Now some of those folks, they are irredeemable, but thankfully they are not America. But the other basket, the other basket, and I know because I look at this crowd, I see friends from all over America here. I see friends from Florida and Georgia and South Carolina and Texas and as well as, you know, New York and California. But that other basket of people are people who feel the government has let them down. The economy has let them down. Nobody cares about them. Nobody worries about what happens to their lives and their futures. And they're just desperate for change. It doesn't really even matter where it comes from. They don't buy everything he says, but he seems to hold out some hope that their lives will be different. That they won't wake up and See their jobs disappear, lose a kid to heroin, 
feel like they're in a bad end. Okay. Okay, Steve, uh, I think that that is very telling. And this was back on the campaign trail where Hillary Clinton basically said half of America is deplorable and irredeemable. And then we have Hollywood coming out with a movie where wealthy people hunt down deplorables, which she uh, identified as half of America. And uh, then she talks about... um, you, you know, the hope of uh, Donald Trump. Remember when uh, Barack Obama said, what's he going to do about the economy? Is he going to pull out a magic wand? What's going to happen on that? Well, guess what? He did pull out a magic wand of lowering taxes and lowering rules and regulations, getting government out of people's lives. And you know what happened then is black, un- black unemployment has become uh, record-breaking lows. Hispanic unemployment, uh, women's unemployment. The economy is doing better. And uh, these elites that want to control people's lives uh, just are, I mean, that's why you see that the wheels are coming off the bus with all these Democrat candidates and uh, what, what they're saying about Donald Trump. You want to talk about people that basically hate half of America? I mean, that's, that's basically what she said. That, uh, at least that's what I hear, Steve. Am I being too strong on that? No, you're not being too strong. And to me, the great irony, I... I vividly remember this speech and the next couple of days and i think was this maybe her undoing when you insult half of america like that that you know the the determination that was out there is just like wait a minute this lady cannot go any further she cannot succeed but it's not just her and what she did that day is she actually took the veil off on how these elites feel about everyday flyover country, if you will. Uh, We were talking about that yesterday. And Donald Trump, he understood that. He understands that everyday people, if government can get out of the way, they can succeed, they can prosper. Human flourishing. That's what the American idea is about, is everyday humans being able to flourish. And we have seen these government programs and these non-governmental organizations that live off of government money that uh, they don't they don't really um in a way I want to say they don't don't abide by the law because that's going to go into uh, what we're going to talk about in the next segment uh as as far as this illegal immigrant who um uh, killed killed a, on highway 83 just within the last week or so killed a father of five and uh we need to be uh a country of laws we need to be a country of um, where we are trying to put forward everyday people being able to thrive and flourish. And the way that that is done is by protecting their rights. And that is what is so unique about the American idea is that it is put in place to protect everybody's rights and not just half of the basket of who Hillary Clinton thinks is okay and that the other half that they can walk all over, that they can actually do a film where they're going to have elites hunt down deplorables. And then they wonder... They wonder why we have violence in our society when, when we're talking about other people, that they're irredeemable. I mean, I don't believe anybody is irredeemable. As a Christian, I believe every person is irredeemable. And she called half of the country deplorable, irredeemable. And now we have Hollywood coming out with a movie that will have elites who have weapons. The deplorables, deplorables don't. And they're hunting down people for sport. It is absolutely sick, Steve. Your thought. I 
we will we ever know the producers of this film uh where the motivation or the idea the concept came from but it's certainly not to me not a big reach to think that this might have been it when you have a key figure in american politics calling half the country deplorable and that whole division and it's like well hey we could wouldn't that be the wouldn't that be the foundation for a great film that we could make okay and this is the other thing that we talk about and that is is the the uh, radical left that has taken over the democrat party they have been working for some time to put people into groups when they talk about uh, electing someone they say i want to elect somebody that looks like me well you know what the outer you know this outer part of us we don't know what's in their heart and uh, so, uh, so pushing forward somebody that looks like me is just pushing forward different groups. And when you get to a point where you identify people in groups, where she identifies half of the people in America as deplorable and irredeemable, then, then what happens is it foments uh, division, it foments looking at other people at, at groups as you walk down the street instead of seeing them for the, the beautiful individual that each person is. But when you get to ad- identifying people in groups, it's not that far of a step to get to what Hitler did as a, identifying people in groups. And remember, Nazi stands for National Socialist German Workers' Party. Socialist. Remember that when we say Nazi. And they identified people as groups. And then when uh, you identify people in groups, it's okay to get rid of them. So here we have a movie about that, Steve. And so we need to be shedding light on this. This is not okay. I hope this is not a stretch. Uh, Probably one of CBS's most successful annual series that's been on for many years is Criminal Minds. And I hate it because... My, my thought is, why do we need to be shown how much sickness and you know, mental deprivation there really is in the country? I, I, I know it's popular for them. It's probably a big moneymaker, but it, it just doesn't sit well with me. Why do we need to be shown this on a weekly basis? Well, and we also need to have the discipline to turn the television off. And not watch that kind of stuff. But remember when we had Roberta Sutton on, uh, she's written that book, What You Don't Know That Your, uh, let's see, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. We assume that our kids are being taught things in school, you know, the classical liberal education. And interestingly enough, they're not being taught history. They're not being taught about World War II. They're not being taught about American history. But the other thing that she said is that um, much of the literature that they're reading these days is very, very dark. And so you say you have education, you have culture, and you have politics. And do you want to put forward darkness, or do we want to be uh, going towards uh, light? And the American idea, that beacon on a hill that Ronald Reagan talked about, that is the American idea, and we need to talk about that uh, and, and hold that up and strive for that instead of looking at half of our population as deplorables. We need to go to break. When we come back... There is just, this is beyond tragic, uh, that uh, the suspect in a crash that killed the father of five was facing deportation and was driving without a license. This is such a tragic story. It takes your breath away, but we need to talk about it. We'll be right back. Looking for an awesome place to host your draft party? Look no further than Hooters. 
With tons of TVs, free Wi-Fi, world-famous wings, and ice-cold beer, you're probably thinking, it doesn't get any better than that. But wait, at Hooters, it does. Every fantasy league gets a free draft kit and over $200 in Hooters swag. Join us for fantasy football done Hooters style. Book now at Hooters.com slash football. That's Hooters.com slash football. See you at Hooters. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation, Steve. We need to have uh, a conversation about something that just happened here uh, between Denver and Colorado Springs. Eight months after this is from the Denver Channel it says eight months after he sought sanctuary from a Colorado Springs church to avoid deportation, Miguel Ramirez Valente stands accused of careless driving with a revoked license in a crash that claimed the life of a father of five. Now those who Ramirez Valente says uh, he never should have been driving. Last Friday, Sean Buchanan, a father of five, was riding his motorcycle on Highway 83 when Colorado State uh, Patrol Troopers said another driver swerved into his lane and killed him. The other driver, Miguel Ramirez Valente, received national attention media attention in January while seeking sanctuary at a Colorado Springs church. He was pleading to avoid deportation to El Salvador to stay with his family. But those who know Ramirez said his arrest history tells a different story, and they want the Buchanan family to know it. The family deserves to know who they're dealing with, said a close acquaintance of Ramirez Valente. He's an alcoholic and an abuser. His arrest record shows charges for reckless endangerment in 2011 uh, 2011 in Douglas County, and domestic violence in 2016 in El Paso County. But CBI records show both cases were dismissed by district attorney's offices. 2018, he pled guilty to a 2017 charge of driving under the influence, and his license was revoked, according to the court records and Colorado State Patrol. On August 1, one day before the deadly crash, his probation for that DUI was extended because he had not completed alcohol therapy and community service. I wonder who paid for that, Steve? Who's paying for that? Just, Just a question there. He was driving without a license when troopers say he overcorrected and swerved into Buchanan's lane. While some are questioning Ramirez Valente was not arrested on the scene, Colorado State Patrol said he was taken to the hospital. But those who know Ramirez Valente question whether he should have been arrested or deported a long time ago. He should have been arrested after the crash, said the woman who knows him. He just had a DUI and he's driving with no license and he kills somebody like you shouldn't walk away from that. Now she's worried he will flee before he's brought to justice. My personal opinion is that we don't do enough to stop this kind of thing because it could have been stopped. 
you're here and you're a hard worker and you're not causing trouble and doing bad things, okay. But he's already been in trouble several times, and now we have a death because of it. And going back to this church in Colorado Springs and the whole media attention to that, it goes back to the question, one of the questions that uh, Stephen Kessler has us ask regarding socialism. You felt good, but did you do good? You know what? They may have felt good that they felt that they were standing up for this, uh, this illegal immigrant, but look what actually happened. Uh, it's just absolutely tragic. And you look at the picture, and the other story that I read about this is uh, the family was moving. They've got five little children. Two of the five, it looks to me, they're probably adopted would be my guess because uh, three of the children are, are white and two of the children are black. So here's a family who has stepped up to uh you know to give a home to these five children and and apparently uh the the mother had the five children and they were moving between i can't remember if it was from colorado springs up to denver or or other way but anyway they were moving and they were taking some uh some things in between the two places and he said you know i think i'll take the motorbike down um and uh, i'll go down on i'll use highway 83 because I tell you that that stretch between I tw- on uh, between Castle Rock and Monument, you know the gap, if you will. I drove that last week, and it is tight and it is dangerous. So he said, "I'll take the bike on Highway 83 because there's no construction there." You know the implication that's going to be safer. And this guy swerves into him and kills him. Think about this: here is his wife, and she's got those five little children to take care of, and this could have been prevented. If, in fact, we were adhering to the rule of law. And when you look at do-gooders, quote-unquote do-gooders, and that could be all the way up to these Democrat uh, candidates that are standing for open borders, who are are not making sure that people are here legally, that they're following the rules and going through the procedures to come here, then I I think in a way, Steve, you can, can lay this, the death of this father at the feet of these people. Uh, is that too strong? Not at all. Let's uh, roll a couple other names out here that we know. Kate Steinley, Molly Tibbetts. All of these people, now Sean Buchanan, have died at the hands of somebody who won't, who should not even be here. And that's a tough thing to get your head around, that they still be walking this earth had whatever went down in each one of these circumstances happened. Now, is angel mom, is that, or angel parents, mm-hmm. the term now that mm-hmm. we give to Americans? Angel families, yeah. Who have lost mm-hmm. their lives due to illegals. I I just don't get what happens. I mean, every time these entities, these two district attorney's offices here, El Paso and Douglas counties, when they something comes before them, their backbone goes to butter. What is the problem here in handling illegals properly? Well, there is so much political pressure when you look at the rhetoric out there. Now, Denver is a sanctuary city. And um, so and you look at the political rhetoric rhetoric out there. And, you know, what we need to do is and Congress has not had the will to uh, to to actually change our immigration laws. I understand it. If I'm in a different country and if I could get to America where I could take care of my family, you know, get a better job. I understand that, and I probably would do everything I possibly could to get here. And you, you see, you, you can see that's kind of that American narrative out there, that you can make your life better if you can get to America. And so this progressive, radical left 
takes that picture that we have in our mind. And uh, then they, they kind of roll that up in this whole illegal immigration thing. Congress could solve this problem. We could actually pass immigration laws that could solve this problem. But uh, there has not been the political will on either side of the aisle to do that. And uh, so uh, Trump, I think, is absolutely correct in that we need to strengthen the border. We need to strengthen our immigration laws. If people want to come here, we need to figure out a way that they can come here legally. If they want to come here to work, perhaps there's some kind of a workers program. And uh, But a long, long, long path to citizenship. But the reason that these radical Democrats want to bring all these illegals over and want to get them to uh, citizenship or even not, they're getting, since we're giving driver's, driver's licenses to illegals in different states, is because they think that they, can, they will vote for them and they want to change the election. So not only are we having Americans that are being, uh, that are being killed at the hands of these illegal immigrants, but they're also they're taking away our vote and our voice because they're diluting uh, our elections. Steve, quick, quick thought, and then I want to uh, talk to Jason McBride. So. I don't want to steal Jason's time. Just a, we, we grew up here. We were born and raised here, and we understand the rule of law. We kind of take it for granted that everyone else gets it. But I guess it's been pounded into me now that the people on this march north from the Central American countries they're coming from, they didn't grow up with the rule of law. They don't get it, really. So when they, you know, when someone tries to tell them, well, you're breaking our laws. You know, we have laws. And it's like, well, so well, what? So what? Yeah. The other thing is, is uh, I just, I, I, and there, there, I've been doing some research on it. There are organizations down there from America that are encouraging these people, creating these caravans once again. And uh, when they come here, they, they want them to vote. They're going to dilute our vote. But more than that, to the fact that Sean Buchanan died because of this, um, Illegal immigrant who should not have had a driver's license was driving and swerved into his lane of traffic, and he died. And now there is a mother out there with five small children, and they don't have a dad. And that is pretty darn tragic. And where, where's, where's all those Democrat candidates, those presidential candidates, talking about that? So with that, though, I want to talk to my friend Jason McBride. I need a little sunshine here, Jason McBride, because these two stories have really, really kind of hurt my heart. So, yeah, well, those are, are difficult, and seems like, like you guys say, if anybody grow a spine, could be easily avoided. Well, you know what? That's, <laughs> Steve just, <laughs> just is smiling and gave you a, 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 pump, a fist pump there on that one, Jason. That's why we do the show, is because we need to get our brain around these, these ideas so that we can grow a spine and stand up for everyday hardworking Americans because I feel that we have a responsibility to do that, Jason. And uh, and you know I appreciate I appreciate your partnership in this. Uh, and I wanted to ask you a little bit. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, we were talking about the different buckets of uh, people's investments. And would you just go through those three again? I thought the, those were really important that people understand it. And then we can talk a little bit about uh, IRAs. But those three buckets, I have, what, what are they again? Well, sure. Uh, you know, people will ask sometimes, well, you know, I have some money to invest. I mean, where should I put it first? And uh, I think the three buckets, number one, of course, in my opinion, is is your any match that your employer will give you in your 401k because that's just free money. 
and free money is the best kind of money uh, when it really is free and there aren't any strings attached to it like there would be with our 2020 Democratic candidates. Now, so, I just let me just mention, that yes. free money is not like government free money. That free money is you are working, and that is an agreement that you and your employer have together. That's good free money. This free money, quote-unquote, from the government, that's not free money. So they're two different things, right? That, that's <laughs> correct. Uh, so... You know, you take the match, you put in at least enough to get the match, and then what would you do next, though? Now you have to make a decision. Well, uh, my feeling is that the tax-free money is the the next best thing after free money, so I would try to fill up your Roth bucket, you know, either your Roth 401k uh, or the Roth IRA. With the Roth 401k, you can put in... Um, depending on your age, up to about $25,000. Uh, you can also put up to 7000 in a Roth IRA, depending on your income. But the nice thing, Kim, about the Roth 401k is there's no income limits. Uh, even if you're making a million dollars a year, you can still make a full contribution to a Roth 401k, where with a Roth IRA, if your income's too high, you're not allowed to put money in. So it's very non-restrictive. Okay, well, it's good to know those rules. I have to tell you, though, Jason, it drives me crazy that government has these kinds of rules that if you make a certain amount, you can only put in a certain amount. I mean, ideally, I'd kind of like to get the the government rules out of that, but that's the game that we have. I mean, that's what we have out there. And you know the rules on that, so you can help people when you sit down with them to talk about, you know, kind of discover where they're at on their uh, financial, um, you know, plans, right? Well, that's true. And uh, one of the great things about the government having so many rules is learning how to to work with them to your advantage. And that's Hmm. one of the things that we are really good at 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 presidential and in a good way to get the process started and learn how we might be able to help you is we just call it our first meeting with folks a discovery session kim uh there's no pressure on that there's there's no obligation you don't close Uh, the door and lock it or anything no no (laughs) we don't we don't do that not most of the time uh uh, we didn't do it to you when you came in right no yep so no i think it's pretty darn laid back but it's a way to get to know us uh to figure out what your needs are and and to have us figure out if we're able to help and if so in what way and a way for you to get to to know the firm to get to know the advisor you're sitting with and i think it's real important to kind of meet with someone face to face and sit across from them because you you just might not like them and having a good relationship is is very important when you're working with somebody that's going to be managing your money. So uh, you should get a good feeling and just personally want to work with that person as well. And this gives you a chance to do that. Well, definitely. And just very quickly, that last bucket uh, as well, because uh, when you do the discovery, you look at all three buckets. What's that last bucket? Well, yeah, if you're fortunate enough to uh, have enough to get the match, max out a Roth 401k, max out a Roth 
uh, uh, IRA as well, uh, well, then it's kind of what do you do? Uh, you could do uh, uh, life insurance of some type if you want to continue the tax-free. Uh, if you want something just a little bit more traditional, uh, I mean, now you're just looking at maybe a taxable brokerage account with stocks, bonds, uh, mutual funds, other type of investments. But, uh, again, free money tax-free money, and then other kinds of money, I think, are, are the order I would like to look at. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Jason McBride, if people want to reach you, uh, uh, Natalie will be at the switchboard after 730. That's 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. And, of course, uh, we have our landing page, chickspresidential.com. There's all kinds of great information there, your podcast and, and all. And so, Jason, thanks so much. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right. Have a great weekend, Kim. Okay, thanks. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, Teresa Watson is on the line. She is uh, one of my fellow colleagues at Liberty Toastmasters, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say about how Table Topics at Liberty Toastmasters helps her have civil conversations uh, with others. And so we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland for sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. In Denver and Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Denver and YourTownTaxpayers.com for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have on the line with me one of my fellow Toastmasters. That's Teresa Watson. Teresa, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Kim. Glad to be with you. Well, it's great to have you. And at Liberty Toastmasters, at all Toastmasters, I think, uh, we have something called Table Topics. It's basically two minutes. It's impromptu speaking. You're given a subject. And uh, you have two minutes to talk about it. And it's a great exercise. It's actually kind of difficult, uh, but it's really a great exercise. So we wanted to get get some of you on today to talk about how to engage someone in civil debate using table topics. So, Teresa Watson, what would you say? I would say that the, the skill that I've learned with table topics is, first of all, listening. And most of us want to jump and react to someone's uh, concerns or their opinion about things. 
but table topics gives you a chance where you have to be the listener. And then it gives you also a chance to think about questions you'd like to ask them to follow up on what they've talked about. Well, and you know what? I have found that it has really helped me. I still get nervous every time I do table topics. I try to get in my mind and kind of a certain order that I'd like to do things in. And I, I still, after all these years, sometimes when I get up in front of everybody, I forget it, Teresa. How do you do? Well, I'm pretty new at this. So um, I, I definitely think uh, nervous is kind of good for me because um when I get up there, I am formulating my thoughts and trying to organize it. But because Toastmasters is such a safe place to practice your talking points, um, you really feel that everyone's there to help you grow and become better at it. And you do have a chance to really, really work on articulating and practicing your um, talking and, you know, Teresa, I think that's so important in today's age. Now, Liberty Toastmasters North will be meeting tomorrow, correct? That's right, 10 a.m. Okay. And, and we're, we're at? at the American Legion on uh, South Bowen Avenue in Longmont. Okay. And you can get more information by going to liberty.toastmastersclubs.org, I think it is. And so you guys meet on the 2nd and 4th. Up there in Longmont, yep. and Liberty Denver meets at the first and third Saturdays at 10 o'clock at the Independence Institute. So, Teresa Watson, thank you so much. Uh, greatly appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Kim. Okay. And another one of my colleagues at uh, uh, Liberty Toastmasters is she's new to our club. In fact, she just joined, and I'm so excited. And her name is Monica Warsler. Monica, how are you do- doing today? Good. How are you, Kim? Good. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes. Okay. She is silent. Okay. Okay. Well, Monica, thank you. I so appreciate you being on on the the show today. And how would you respond to how um, uh, table topics has helped you engage people in civil debate? What would you say, Monica? I would agree with a lot of the things Teresa mentioned. I think that. Liberty Toastmasters helps with, for example, we might be asked a question that's totally unexpected, and then um, it helps us to be quick on our feet to think of a response, and also it helps us to remain calm. For example, it's easy for our emotions to get really involved when, when we're talking to someone and we disagree with them, but I think... At the Toastmasters, it's a good way to practice, to remain calm, and to listen to the other person's point of view. Well, and Monica, you just mentioned something that Teresa also mentioned is is listening. And so many times I think that I'm, I'm thinking the next thing that I want to say instead of totally listening. And so with table topics, that is, I think, helping me improve my listening skills. I still have work to do on that. But it seems to really be helping me with that. And, you know, I so appreciate everybody's different points of views. And whenever you get up to speak, I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say because you are such a thoughtful person. And uh, it's just really great that you uh, just joined uh, our club. And that is Liberty Toastmasters Denver. And we meet the first and third Saturdays at the Independence Institute. So, Monica, thank you so much. And uh, I'm so glad that we're, we're members of Liberty Toastmasters together. 
Thank you, Kim. Okay, great. And uh, another one of my colleagues is on the line, and that is Bill Vetter. Uh, Bill, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, Kim. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Well, it's great to have you on the line here. And so explain to me, how would you say that Table Topics is helping you to engage in civil debate? Well, if you participate in a Toastmasters Table Topics event, you're asked a question and you have a minute or two to speak on the topic. It's a great way to practice your impromptu speaking. Indeed, two minutes is longer than it takes to recite Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Think how much he said in those two minutes. Part of the key to table topics responses is, is to be prepared. In many cases, for our Liberty Toastmasters group, there's a topic generally uh, announced for each meeting, and usually the table topics questions fit into that topic. So you have a chance to prepare in your mind ahead of time of what you might want to say regarding that topic. I'm reminded of the uh, thing I heard once that uh, Henry Kissinger said to the press uh, before they started one of his press conferences. He says, does anyone have questions for my answer? (laughs) (laughs) And and that's, that's part of the key. You know, for example, if we were... If we were to take on the topic uh, of of the the recent awful uh, events in Dayton and El Paso Gilroy, is it even possible to have civil discourse over those murders? That's a, it's an interesting question. I, I certainly feel that the a defense of the murderers or the murderers is not possible. They're flatly indefensible. But Table Topics has taught me that civil debate is nevertheless possible about, for example, what should be the consequence of these murders to the hundreds of millions of people who did not commit them. I consider myself a friend of liberty because I believe in the capacity of individuals to create a peaceful, prosperous, highly civilized society when they're free. From my perspective, using my Table Topics kind of preparation to respond to something like this, using these tragedies to promote a political agenda of federal gun control, carefully talking point phrased as common sense gun control, doesn't address the question of how to assure that freedom is used responsibly. And that's the bigger question. If you live in a free country, you have to exercise some responsibility. And I think talking about taking guns away or making it harder for people who are law-abiding to have them uh, distracts from the more important discussions and studies and uh, stuff that ought to be had as to why our society seems to be generating so many people uh, at the present time who engage in this kind of uh, despicable behavior. So that's where I think Table Topics has helped me. You know, I have to agree on that as well, Bill, uh, because there is so much emotion around these particular subjects that Table Topics uh, encourages us to, as you mentioned, to get our thoughts around them and to be able to engage in civil discourse because we need to bring the temperature down on this rhetoric. And uh, regarding you just mentioned uh, gun control, we need to be able to articulate to each other 
what is really the agenda out there. And I don't know if you listened to the first part of the show, but there is a movie that NBC Universal is going to be uh, putting out called The Hunt, where uh, wealthy elites will be hunting for sport uh, deplorables. And the question is, is how is it the elites have uh, weapons and the deplorables don't? Uh, and um, I find that pretty, pretty telling. Yeah, I, I was listening to the show at that time. I think it's, I'm, I had never heard of the movie. Uh, I'm sort of wondering how, how does the movie end? Do they commit genocide of all of the deplorables or do the deplorables somehow find a source of, of a source of, of self-defense? Well, I, I heard that maybe they found some kind of self-defense, but I was going to watch the trailer. Patty said she, I think she watched the trailer. She said it was extremely violent. And I really don't like to watch that kind of stuff. I know people say, hey, it's just a movie. But you know what? <laughs> it can happen in real life. We see it all the time. And so I decided not to watch the trailer. And I'm not going to watch the movie. But I bet you that we'll find out how it ends. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to let us know. So Bill Vetter, thank you so much. And you and I are members of Liberty and Toastmasters Denver. And we meet the first and third Saturdays at the Independence Institute at 10 o'clock. And uh, it's great that we're members together. I greatly appreciate it. I, I enjoy it, and I certainly would encourage anyone who's listening to your show now or at any other time, when you hear that, write the write the name and the place at the date, time, and place down, and come and visit us. We would it love cost to have anything to visit and uh, see how it works. See how we can help you. Absolutely, and Toastmasters, where leaders are made. I love that. So, Bill Vetter, thanks so much. We'll we'll talk to you soon. All right, Jim. Thank you very much. Okay, great. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with some more of my buddies from Liberty Toastmasters. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 2nd through Thursday, August 8th, features will include The Lion King, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And hey, Steve, what are you going to be doing next Friday night? I think I know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be saying, hey, do you want butter on that popcorn? It sounds like you already have figured out what I'm going to be doing. So, uh. <laughs> Yes, you and Patty and I are going to be working, helping Susan Kochevar out at the 88 Drive-In Theater. She's one of our very valued partners, and we're going to help at the snack bar. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But I have on the line with me another one of my colleagues from Liberty Toastmasters Denver, and that is Carol Baker. Carol, welcome. 
Well, good morning, Kim. Let's take the phone here. There you go. So um, I have been so glad to be listening to your program lately. This is kind of new for me to be up early enough in the morning to hear this program. <laughs> well, thanks for getting up and listening. I appreciate all of you listeners, and in particular, I, I appreciate you, Carol. You know, I think there's much more civil discourse going on in this world, in, in our community, in my circles, than the rest of the world wants us to think there is. It's sensational to talk about people when they're arguing with each other and being mean and hateful, but there's plenty of civil discourse going on uh, that, and and I think there's a wave of standing up and saying so. We can get along. But, you know, I think I've used table topics to learn how to express myself better because sometimes when we have something to say, but we don't think we can articulate it, we start getting more emotional just about how we're trying to say something. And then I think that lends to getting more emotional about the topic we're expressing ourselves. Uh, even in a, just a two-part dialogue with somebody. So I think it's been helping just to be able to get that part of the emotion knocked down a little bit in the conversation. You know, Carol, I have to agree. Uh, table topics requires us to, uh, you know, get our brain around a particular subject and uh, typically, I mean, it's impromptu, and you can either address the question that you are given, or you can actually deflect and talk about something that you want to talk about, so you have those different options. But I think it really does help bring the temperature down, and, and I, I have to tell you, as I first started this whole process, uh, I, I would get into rather robust and heated discussions from time to time, and uh, as much as... Um, let me just put it, they weren't that effective. You know, the, the temperature was so high, it, they were so robust, it, it just wasn't effective. And uh, so I, I decided that I needed to go out and start to become a better communicator. And Liberty Toastmasters Table Topics is helping me do that. Yes. And, you know, I feel like the growing up process, the maturing process, is, comes from being around other people more mature than you. And so as I can be around other people that know more about something and listen to them, over time, I've stepped it up another level of my maturing process. So it's just good to be around other people who've already given some thoughts to some of these things and hear their thoughts. And, you know, we may uh, disagree with them, and that is okay, but it, it makes us go through the mental gyrations to figure out where we are on issues. So, hey, Carol Baker, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you joining me this morning. All right. Talk to you. Okay. Thanks so much. And uh, lastly, I have Josh Lalament on the line with me. He's uh, one of my fellow Toastmasters at Liberty Toastmasters Denver. Josh, welcome. How are you doing this morning? Okay. Steve, is Josh there? Okay. Josh, how are you doing this morning? Oh, we must have some technical difficulties there. We'll see if Steve can get him on the line there. So while we're doing that, um, let me just talk a little bit about, you know, this has been a real process for me to get to this point where I am on the air on a a regular basis. It was probably back in about 2011, 2012. I was so concerned with the direction that we were headed with our country. My kids were coming home from school saying things that I just didn't understand Uh, you know, what was going on. And I could feel myself becoming frustrated and, and, and angry and my communication skills really needed some help. 
And uh, so at that particular point in time, I realized that I needed to get my brain around these issues and that I also needed to be able to start to learn to communicate them better. And uh, in doing so, I uh, joined uh, Liberty Toastmasters as well as I went through the leadership program of the Rockies program, uh, which what that did is that really helped me kind of kick the tires on all these different ideas and then Liberty Toastmasters has helped me try to communicate them. Steve, I'm looking at you. Is Josh on there yet? Okay, I guess we lost him, unfortunately. Uh, so um, anyway, what I decided to do was to go out and, and try to get my brain around these issues and then also go, uh, go to work on trying to communicate these things. And uh, another real valuable component that I, I see with Liberty Toastmasters and, and table topics is uh, the fact that there is a limited time. You have two minutes. And if, in fact, we are going to uh, start to make any differences in things, we need to start to show up at city council meetings and uh, city council meetings and also go down to the state house to testify. And typically you only have about three minutes. So this two-minute exercise is really good for us. And I think we now have Josh Lelement on the phone as well. Josh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Uh, how you doing, Kim? I'm doing just great, and we are fellow Liberty Toastmasters. And uh, I have to tell you, you are so inspirational to me. I uh, am so excited to see how uh, you are improving. Hopefully, I'm improving. So it's great to have you on the show this morning. The question on the table, Josh, is how would you say table topics is helping you engage other people in civil debate? How would you respond? Well... Toastmasters in general is um, working on your speaking and your communication. The other side of that is you're, you're learning how to listen to other people. That's one thing I, uh, I am uh, really learning how to really listen to people. Um, and overall, I, I'm just um, my overall experience so far of uh, table topics is um, since I just just started this year has been um, you know you're just doing a lot of trial and error and um, were you nervous, Josh, the first time you did table topics? Were you nervous? Oh, oh yes. Um, and it really goes to my general, um, you know, what I'm trying to work on is because when I'm involved in a junk conversation, you know, I don't always know what to say. And then, you know, after the conversation, I realize, oh, I wanted to say this or that. And so I think Table Topics is helping me um, think on my feet a little bit, bit better and um, to slow down and, you know, really think, okay, what do I want to say? And, um, I don't want to say it and, um, you know, stopping and taking a breath if I need to. And, um, and stuff like that. Well, and Josh, we're just about out of time, but uh, you gave a speech this last Saturday, and it was truly inspiring. It was a, an icebreaker, I think, to, and kind of getting uh, your brain around. Maybe it wasn't your icebreaker. Maybe it was your second speech, but it, you did a really great job, and uh, I just am so 
so excited that we are both fellow uh, members of Liberty Toastmasters. So, Josh, thank you so much. Yep, thank you. Okay. And uh, I tell you what, my friends, uh, Liberty Toastmasters, Brad Beck and, and some of uh, his other buddies from uh, Leadership Program in the Rockies started this uh, several years ago so that we could uh, have a place where we can learn to communicate better. And we need to be able to get our brains around these ideas. We need to be able to communicate, to bring us together, to unite us in this common idea. And as Bill Vedder said, freedom and uh, to exercise our freedom responsibly. So uh, thank you to all of my my buddies there. I greatly appreciate it. And our quote for today is from John Wooden, uh, one of the winningest UCL UCLA basketball coach is out there. He said, if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? And so today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Cry, but tell them if I don't serve.